we are going to be in Romans chapter 8 today, um, and uh, we're going to be in verse 14. So uh, you guys um, can uh, have your Bibles ready. Uh, the title of uh, this morning's message is Adopted into God's Family. Adopted into God's Family. Um, today I want to talk about uh, the doctrine of adoption. Um, it's, man, it's, this is one of my favorite things um, about God, just the fact him making us children of God. It's one of the things that I have come to discover and to know more of. Um, and it's one of my favorite. Also, it's, I feel like it's the essence and the center of the gospel. It's, it's definitely, you know, icing on the cake. Um, but, you know, just understanding it more has really uh, helped open my eyes. And so uh, we're going to talk about it, you know, uh, a little bit today. Uh, I wanted to define uh, what, uh, the, uh, what the doctrine of adoption is. So um, the doctrine of adoption can be defined as the act of God making us members of his family as sons and daughters of God. Um, God's adoption, it's an act, it's, it's something that he does, only he can do. He, he brings us into his family, um, and it's a beautiful thing. And uh, this topic is definitely personal for me. Um, you, know, um, uh, you know, I remember uh, uh, four years ago, uh, I was going through a really rough time. Um, I had a lot of emotions that, uh, that I've never really, you know, a part of my life that I just blocked out for so long. And about four years ago, they were really coming to a head in my life. And um, this is when I was living in Fort Worth. And, um, you know, I remember Father's Day, just, just big old giant, biggest tears just falling out of my face. I couldn't even control it. And um, I ended up going to counseling because, you know, uh, just these things were just really interrupting uh, my life. And um, I remember sitting down with the pastor, and, you know, he asked me some questions. He asked me, when you think of Jesus, what comes to mind? And, you know, clearly to me, you know, Jesus, you know, he died for my sin. You know, you, you know, you, you know he's my Savior. Very clear. Um, whenever you think about the Holy Spirit, what comes to mind? Um, the paraclete, you know, advocate, my helper, you know, the one who walks alongside me. Um, and then he asked me, you know, when you think about God the Father, what comes to mind? And I vividly remember just this cloud, not really even knowing what to, you know, what he looked like. I mean, I knew that he was my father, but I didn't know what that looked like. Um, you know, the image that I had of a father was very skewed. You know, um, you know as a young man, you know, um, my, you know, my father passed whenever I was young. And uh, the, the relationship I had with my stepfather was very abusive. And so um, in my relationship with him, you know, with my father, the father relationship was based on fear. It was a very fear-based relationship. Everything was in that. And so that, that's the, that, that affected my relationship with God, the way that I approached him, the way that I talked to him, the way that I interacted with him. Um, I, you know, it was very fear-based, and I never even knew it. Um, it impacted my marriage. Uh, it impacted me as a father. It impacted everything in my life, and I had no idea until that very moment. And I remember at that time, I remember that, or I remember me telling myself that I was going to go on a journey and discover what it means God being my father. What does that really mean for me? Because for me, I didn't understand. And then also, more importantly, it was even harder, and I wanted to know what it meant to be a child of God, what it meant to be a son. Like, 
you know, it sounds silly, but I didn't know what it looked like to be a son, you know, to be a good son, because I was told I was a bad son my whole life. And so um, uh, it put me on this journey, and I've, I've so enjoyed it, and I've learned so much, and I'm still learning. But um, this topic is so precious to me, um, be, you know, because I'm connected to it. Um, but one thing I know about uh, being a child of God is that it is, it is a position that we have with God. It's a status that cannot change. Um, it's something that is given by him. He has given us this status with him. It can't be taken away, nor it's nothing that we earned. It's nothing that we did to deserve to be a child of God. It's something that he gave us. And um, such a beautiful thing. Um, and um, I want to talk more about this, but I feel in order for us to really know what it means to be a child of God, I feel like it's important for us to know who we were before we were children of God, who we were, you know, uh, you know how we became children of God. So um, I'm going to start first uh, what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that we were slaves to sin is what the Bible tells us. Um, I don't think it's an accident that, that Paul the Apostle chose the word slaves. That's, that, that, that's a very peculiar word that he chose, that we were slaves to sin. The Bible says that we were born into this world as children of wrath. Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 1 says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to walk when you, were, when you conformed to the ways of this world and the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit who was not work and the sons of disobedience. All of us also lived among them at one time, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging in its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature children of wrath. What that means is that because of our sin, you know, God, you know, God, his, his wrath naturally is on sin. And because we were born into sin, we were born into his wrath. And so um, that's, that's, that's who we were coming out of the womb. And uh, the Bible also tells us that we were born into slavery to a master whose name was called sin. Um, uh, Romans 6.20 says that we were slaves to sin. We were bound. We were in shackles and chains that we ourselves could not break. We were bound by it. We were far away from God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 21 says, This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts. I find that interesting. Not only were we far from God, but we were considered enemies because of sin in our life. We were so distant from him, so far away from who he was, from where, we, from where he was at. The Bible says that we had no hope where we were at. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says, remember that at a time you were separate from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the, uh, to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Wow, that sounds so bleak. You know, where we were without Christ, before Christ, no hope at all. The Bible says that we were in darkness. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 you were once darkness. Not only were we in darkness, but we were, we, were, we, we were described as darkness. That is, you know, the picture that's painted for us for how far and how far, how far off we were from God is the, it's this 
it's, it's like an eternal sea that cannot be crossed. It's impossible that we have to swim to to get to God, which is clearly impossible. And the word slave that he used, that we were slaves to sin, uh, of what I know, a slave is the lowest position that a human being could ever occupy. It is the, it is the lowest, the, the, un, the most unhumane um, uh, position any human can ever be in, and that's who we were. We were slaves to sin. We were as far from God as we could be, and we were as low as human possibly, uh, as as humanly possible. We had no way out. There was no way for us to save ourselves, far away from God, slaves to sin, bound by shackles, and worst of all, we had no idea. We had no idea we were lost. We had no idea that we were so far from God. We were just there. But thanks be to God that Jesus stepped in. The Bible says that we weren't just slaves to sin, but that we were liberated through Christ. That is the most beautiful thing. And I know you guys share the same, the same uh, you know, uh, uh, a con- uh, just amazement and conviction that I have about this. The Bible says that we were set free from sin. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's a transaction that happens. A transaction in whom we have redemption. I love this word, redemption. Uh, the word redeemed, redeem means released, or set free by a payment. It's, it's like paying bail, except for it's, you're not going back. It's, it's something that is paid. And that word ransom, I had to look up that word ransom. I've, I've always heard it, but never actually looked it up. That word ransom, it's, it's a sum of money or an other form of payment made for the release of a prisoner. And in our sense, as slaves. So, um, redemption is a payment that is made, uh, in, 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 in our case, a payment that was made in order for us to be released from slavery. God bought us out of the slave market of sin and set us free through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. How beautiful is that? For some reason, I just, you know, when I think about that, I just think of Liam Neeson busting in the movie Taken, just busting through that, that horrible just deplorable uh, situations and breaking through every single wall, busting down doors, putting bullets in people and just taking names and until he got his daughter and pulled her out. You know, just that, just that, that amazing how, how he, how he, we were redeemed going into that dark place and pulling us out of it and bringing us out. I mean, I just, I just love that picture. Uh, but the Bible says in uh, 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 1 Corinthians 620 says that you were bought at a price, and it was a high price. It was a high cost. Uh, God purchased our freedom through the payment of Christ on the cross for our sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This verse right here, I'm not going to say it's my favorite verse, but when it comes to the gospel, I don't think there's a better verse that gives a better picture 
of, of, of this. Um, they, call it, they have a name for it. I think it's called the great exchange. The great exchange. Um, us needing righteousness in order to be accepted by God. And yet all we had is sin. That's all we have. And God, having the righteousness that we need, but knowing that we don't deserve it because of sin. And what was his answer? His son, Jesus, who took our sin, put it on himself and gave us his righteousness and gave it to us. What a beautiful exchange that he made for us. Gosh, I love that. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. We were slaves to sin and he set us free. And the Bible says that we were regenerated, giving, we were given new spiritual life and we were justified in the court of God, giving us right legal standing with him. Gosh, and this is the beautiful thing. So we were slaves to sin and then we were liberated through Christ. And because of that, that gave us the ability for God to wipe away our slate and make us in a legal standing. We were right with him. Books closed, boom, we're free to walk. And let me tell you, that right there would be totally enough. I mean, if, 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 if this is all we had with God, I think we still worship God. I think we still give him all the glory. We would still honor him. We would still glorify him. We give him everything that we had because we were lost. We were in slavery. We were in bondage and he set us free. And that right there, if it was just a legal relationship we had with God, we'd all be completely fine with it. But guess what? He didn't stop there. That is what makes this so beautiful. He didn't stop there. He adopted us as his children. Before we could walk out of that courtroom, he reached over and he said, no, where are you going? You're coming home with me. You are mine. God brought us into a relationship with him. We are a part of God's family as his children. It's mind-boggling almost. When you think about what he already did for us, and yet he took another step, a huge step in bringing us into his own family, calling us his sons. Jesus, the one who paid the price for us, calling us his brothers and sisters. Him, of course, being the firstborn, him, you know, having, him having the birthright, him being almost like our big brother, I guess, you know, but, you know, but him calling us his brother and sister. I mean, that is so amazing. So when you put it into that context, it, 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 it just gives it a, a much beautiful picture as a child of God, that it's, it's, it's something that he did not have to do, and yet he did it anyway, and we stand here as children of God. So what does it mean to be a child of God? Um, it means that we have a personal relationship with him as our father, of course. But I feel like Romans 8, verse 14, which is where we're going to go to now, uh, 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 we're going to start there. I feel like it gives us a beautiful picture, a, 
a, a, a, a bigger picture, a good picture of what it means to be a child of God. So um, verse 14, it says this, for all who were led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 17, and if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So we're going to break this down into five benefits of being a child of God. Five benefits of being a child of God and what it means to be his. So number one is that being a child of God, we have security, right? We have security in, uh, uh, in our relationship with God as children. Verse 15, he says, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear. There's no fear in our relationship with God. That was something that all I knew, but it was, it was, it was a very unhealthy relationship, also the one I had with God. Um, uh, because there's no fear in God, there's no fear in love, and there's no fear. There's nothing that we have to be afraid of. We have security in our relationship with God, and we never have to worry about losing our position as children of God. We can never not be children of God. That will never happen. It's something that we know that we can have security in that we never have to worry about. An employee or a servant obeys their boss out of fear of losing their job or fear of falling, in, of falling out of favor with them. But that doesn't happen in a child and parent relationship. A child, relation, child parent relationship is not based on fear of losing the relationship, but of love. I think about my girls and uh, my girls will never ever have to ever worry about not being my daughter. They never have to worry about me never being their father. That will never happen, ever. And it's the same way with us and God. We have security. Number two, uh, we have authority. Verse 15, uh, it says, but you have received the spirit of sonship. I love that word, sonship. Um, we have authority through Christ. Um, in a home, um, I know we don't have slaves, but, you know, I'm imagining, you know, back in a time where slavery did exist, a slave has no authority in a home. They, don't, they can't walk around and do what they want. They only can do what the master allows them to or do what, they, what, what, a, what, a, um, what the master tells them to. But a child under their parents, under their mom and dad, have authority in the home. They are not just servants. They don't have to wait for their parents to tell them what they do. They, they, they have authority in their own home. Um, this, this Sunday after church, we're going back uh, to Fort Worth, and I'm excited. And we're going to go see Melinda's parents first. And so we're going to stay there for a day before we go to my parents. But when we get there, I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. Uh, she's going to take the girls while I unload the car. I'm going to get all the stuff in the room. She's going to get them all settled. She's going to give Nora to her mom. And then after she gets all settled, you know what she's going to do? She's going straight for the fridge. She's going to look to see what her mom made. 
She's going to go to the pantry, find, you know, her favorite little things that she can eat, you know, and she's going to walk around the house and then she's going to plop herself on the couch and be on her phone and kind of just chill and then talk with her mom. She's going to do whatever she wants to do because it's her parents' house. She has authority. She doesn't have to ask to sit on the couch. She doesn't have to ask to go to the refrigerator or go to the pantry. She can do what she wants because it's, 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 it's her parents' house. And it's the same way with us in God's home. We have authority under Christ um, over sin, over the kingdom of darkness, over death. Those th- th- we have authority. And I love this word that Pastor Ken used yesterday that made me think about is that we should have confidence in this. We have confidence in knowing who we are in Christ as children of God, is something that we can be confident. We are sons and daughters of the house. Number three, we have intimacy. We have intimacy. Verse 15, by whom we cry, Abba, Father, is, what it, 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 is how that verse ends. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. This is something that, was, that I really struggled with for a long time, but one of, but the, one of the beautiful benefits of, of, of our relationship with God is that we get intimacy, that we have a personal relationship with God, that we have an open door policy and we can walk into his throne room. The creator is the sustainer of the universe has our ear. You know, we, we can speak to him and have court with him, have audience with him at any moment. Um, now, uh, this word Abba, I love this word, Abba. So the word Abba in Aramaic uh, is father, but it, it can be better translated as daddy. It's a, uh, it's a term of endearment. And, um, you know, that word right there, it, it, it gives us a different picture of our relationship with God. It's one of intimacy. You know, uh, you know my girls, when they call me, they don't, you know, they don't say, Father, Father, can I have some Lucky Charms? You know, they don't call me father. You know, they don't say, Marcus. Well, Maya does sometimes. She does. But, you know, I, I take that back. Maya does sometimes just to mess with me. You know, they call me daddy because I'm their, I'm their one and only dad. They don't call anybody else daddy. They call me daddy. And, you know, I love it. Um, that is that intimacy. You know, I love when my daughters come and sit in my lap. You know, Maya usually wiggles in my lap, as Tina, you know, she wiggles. But it's, you know, for that precious three seconds that she's in my lap, I love it. You know, um, and, you know, but it's that intimacy. They know, they don't even question. They know that they can get close to me and that they can spend time with me. And it's the same relationship that we have with God. I think God enjoys that time, but it's, it's, it's an intimacy that we have with him. And it's a confidence that we can come into the throne room of God, the holy of holies, not loosely, respectfully, but as children. Wow, that's amazing. Verse four, I'm sorry, a number four, we have assurance. We have assurance. Verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. This is, this is fun when this happens. And we all know, you know, the Bible, you know, what it's saying is that when we cry out to God, the Spirit of God comes alongside of us to testify that we are God's children and it gives us assurance. I love this in worship. You know, when we're just worshiping God and, you know, a song like, great are you, Lord, and there's just, 
all of a sudden this belch, this, this something of, that's within us just erupts. And we're just like, Rah! and we just start worshiping God. And it's just like in that moment, you know, you know that God loves you. You know that you are a child of God. And it's like the Spirit of God is right there saying, yes. He's your father and you are a child. You guys know what I'm talking about. That moments, those times in prayer, those times in worship that we have, the spirit of God is saying, yes, that is exactly who you are. You know, my daughters can go and take a DNA test today. They can get some hair samples, get a blood sample, and they're going to find out. They don't need to go to Jerry Springer or, or, or go to Maury to find out who their daddy is. Okay, they, they, they can take a DNA test and they'll find out today and they will be assured that I am their father. And it's the same way his spirit, his DNA is his spirit. And he gives us assurance that we are his children. We have his spirit. And then number five, we have inheritance. We have inheritance. Verse 17, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We have an internal reward that we have to look forward to. Um, a good parent leaves inheritance for their children. I'm, I'm sure uh, those of you who are parents, who have been parents much longer than I have, have already started that, have already been parenting that. You know, I know so far, you know, my girls are going to get two cars and an Xbox for sure. You know, we got them on that. You know, um, but, you know, we know that one day we, we are going to begin saving for those things because we know that we're going to leave our children in inheritance. And thanks, thank God that he does as well. He's a good father who has prepared already for us an inheritance. And uh, Pastor Kim, this is really cool. I'm sure that you already knew this. Uh, I, in fact, I know you already knew this. But I, 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 just, I was looking uh, in the Old Testament, um, about, you know, the word heir, and I thought about Jacob who, um, who stole his birthright from his brother, right? Um, the word heir in the Old Testament usually referred to the firstborn son because they had the birthright. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure. Uh, and, uh, and so, but it was their birthright. They received the larger portion um, of whatever that they got from their parents so that, you know, I, of, of what I could tell from what I studied, um, basically, it just kept people, you know it, you know, it kept from family feud. You know, they just knew that the oldest person got the most. And I just think it's amazing that we're all heirs, that we all have the birthright. What that tells me is that when we get to heaven, there's going to be so much of a reward that we're all going to feel like we got the lion's share. We're all going to feel like we got the birthright, like we got the most. Like, no, I got the most. <laughs> I got the most. Because of, there's so much that God has for us. It's going to be so grand and so amazing that we all will be satisfied. So um, that is the beautiful thing of um, our um, relationship with God as children. Um, so ultimately, how do we take this message? Number one, I think that we should be humbled. Be humbled that we are children of God. That once we were slaves, that's who we were, whether we knew it or not. We were so far from God that he bought us. He paid for us. He set us free. He made us right standing, closed the books. We were good and that was enough. But then he made us his children. Secondly, we should be thankful thankful to be his children. And then number three, we should have confidence. We should have confidence. Have confidence in knowing that, knowing whose we are. 
knowing that we know who our Father is and we know who we are as children of God.